0: i I knew that this morning was going to be good but oh my goodness you folks came to meet with jesus today didn't you i tell you what (laughs) Uh, you know this is the kind of season especially in the maritimes where summer lasts for like two weeks uh, that uh, you know this is like a lot of churches are kind of winding down and you folks are getting fired up it's good stuff man we are so excited today so let me ask you the question are you ready? Are you ready to study God's Word today? Okay. Go not and grab your Bible, grab your Bible, find Exodus, the book of Exodus chapter 4. If you did not bring a Bible, go ahead and you can use your electronic device and find Exodus 4. Just type that into the internet and you will be able to find it. In this study, uh, this series, we are looking at the life of Moses. And I gave you a heads up last week that today was going to be a little bit PG-13. And so uh, it won't get too bad, I promise. It'll be okay. But uh, the reason is there's a lot of that kind of stuff in the Bible. And the reason that there's a lot of this crazy stuff in the Bible is because this is a real book about a real God who wants a real relationship with real people. And in case you hadn't noticed, real people are messed up. (laughs) And so, as we look at this, even though we are constantly making mistakes and we are constantly making messes, but God is constantly pursuing us with his love to transform us with his grace and truth. And so, there is a great problem that is really the theme of Scripture all throughout the Bible, and the problem is this, that God is perfect and we are not. God is perfect and holy. Everything he does is perfect and holy. I want you to imagine for just a second that you have a brand new house, a beautiful, perfect house, and you just had brand new, perfect, white carpet installed. Beautiful, white, plush, just as clean as the driven snow. And and this beautiful carpet in your house, all of a sudden... Someone comes walking in to your house with dirty, muddy boots on and makes a mess of everything. Now, I don't know about you, but that makes my skin crawl. I'm like, oh, I just get to think about that. And that is the problem that, that God has. God is perfect and holy and righteous in everything that he does. And in his perfect heaven, how can he allow us, we who are unholy, unclean, not perfect, how can we come in to His presence without ruining everything? But thank goodness, God has a solution. There is good news. The solution is Jesus. That Jesus took our punishment so that we can be washed clean. And in so doing, we can come into His Presence. And that's what we find all throughout Scripture. This story, again and again, with God in His righteousness, in His perfection, in His holiness, making a way for us to come to Him. We who are imperfect, we who are unholy, through Jesus, we have the answer. And so last week we looked at the big dream that God gave to Moses. The big dream was Moses had grown up in the land of Egypt, but he was not an Egyptian. He had been adopted by the daughter of Pharaoh, but he was a member of the Hebrew people who had been slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years. And so for some reasons that we looked at last week, he got into trouble and had to run for his life, and he ran to the far-off land of Midian and lived there for many, many years. And as he is living in Midian, God comes to him and places a call on his life, and it is this. God says, I want you to go back to Egypt. I want you to confront the Pharaoh and tell the Pharaoh to let my people go. And so that is the big dream. And today we get to the journey. So so Moses packs up his wife and his children and they take their belongings across the desert, desert through the wilderness And on their journey to Egypt to confront the Pharaoh, while they are on their way, something kind of crazy happens. And here it is in Exodus chapter 4, verse 24. Exodus 4, 24 says, at a lodging place along the way, in other words, you know, they stopped at the Mount Sinai Holiday Inn, Motel 6, whatever brand was there, But watch what happens next. The Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. But Zipporah took a flint knife, cut off her son's foreskin, and touched Moses' feet with it. Surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me, she said. And so the Lord let him alone. There you have it, the word of the Lord for today. Don't you feel blessed and inspired? Let's go home. What do we do with a passage like this? When when I have asked people over the years, what is your favorite Bible verse? Never (laughs) has anybody said Exodus 4. I just love when God's about to kill Moses and his wife takes out a flint knife and oh, it just blesses my heart. Never. Nobody, Nobody tweets this verse or puts it on their Facebook wall to encourage their friends. Nobody frames this and puts it over the fireplace in their living room and so what do we do with this passage i think it's kind of funny that as we're going through the book of exodus this month in this series that today the story about the circumcision falls on father's day i think that's funny i I don't know about you somebody suggested that i call this sermon ouch uh, but uh, or awkward and so believe me i was tempted to just skip right over this story. Because sometimes that's what we do, isn't it? Sometimes we we skip past the verses that we don't like or we don't understand. But listen, sometimes the greatest value comes from wrestling with these hard passages of Scripture and asking, what is going on in this story? What's really happening here? Why did this happen? What can I learn from it? Are there any any principles or things that I need to understand? Because everything in this book can teach us. And whether you realize it or not, all of it points towards Jesus. Even this story. Can you believe it? Even this story points towards Jesus. And so if you will hang with us for a while here, we're going to hang out together and, and, and hopefully... By the end of of looking at this passage today, you will see how even this story points towards the cross of Jesus Christ. But to get there, first we need to understand that Moses had a problem. And the problem that Moses had was this. Moses had taken God's Hebrew covenant lightly. Now what was this, this covenant with the Hebrews? Genesis 17 verse 14, said any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. And so we need to understand the the difference between this Old Testament covenant and the New Covenant with Jesus. We live in the New Covenant in the New Testament with Jesus. This is the Old Covenant that was first given to Abraham. God came to Abraham long before the story that we're in here, generations prior. God comes to, to Abraham and says, I want to bless you, Abraham, and your children and their children and your entire line, your descendants, all who will come from you. I will bless you and make you a blessing to the whole wide world. And then he promised what we call today the promised land to them, the land of Israel. And in that, God sealed this covenant with Moses and his children and their descendants with this act of circumcision. Now, if you don't know what circumcision is, uh, I'm not going to tell you. Uh, Let's just say it has to do with a trimming of a sensitive part of the male anatomy, Please do not look up pictures on Google, I'm just saying. And so the problem was, God took this covenant seriously, but apparently Moses did not. We don't know exactly why, but for some reason, God's chosen leader, Moses, has broken God's covenant by not circumcising his own son. Now think about this. Here he is on this great mission from God to go and save from slavery the Hebrew covenant people and he himself has not fulfilled the covenant. And God says, listen, listen, Moses Today, we have to deal with this issue. And I want you to notice something about this. Notice that that God chose Moses, even though he was not perfect. God chose Moses, even though there were still issues in his life. God chose Moses, even though he still had some things that needed to be changed by the power of God. And the fact is, many times God will choose you even before you have your life altogether. God chooses you, even though you don't have everything figured out God chooses you even though there's some areas in your life that he wants to change if you will let him and that is good news that no matter how bad you have messed up and even if you don't have your life together God still has a plan and a purpose for your life it's good news but there's a problem And here's what Moses realized before he could fulfill this big dream that God had given him. First, before Moses could move to the next level in his life, this issue needed to be resolved. In order to receive this blessing and anointing of God in in what God has called him to do, he needed to make some radical change, uncomfortable change in his life and in his his family. And that may be true for some here today where maybe you sense that God is calling you. You sense that, that God has a blessing and anointing for your life. But maybe before you get to this next level that you sense God has for you, maybe there are some areas that you need to allow God to do His work. And so Moses learns here that there is no such thing as a good excuse to compromise your integrity. Now, I'm sure he had a lot of good reasons that it made sense not to circumcise his son. Maybe uh, it was because he was afraid of his father-in-law that uh, we we learned how he left the land of Egypt and goes to the far off land of Midian. And there he marries a foreign woman named Zipporah. And Zipporah's father is a powerful man. Zipporah's father is a pagan priest in the land of Midian. And maybe when Zipporah and her family found out, And Moses explained, so here's what I need to do in order to be consistent with this covenant with God and my people. And Zipporah's like, you want to do what to my son? (laughs) I don't think so. Maybe maybe it was because of Moses himself. Maybe Moses was worried about standing out from the crowd. He didn't want to to allow his family to seem odd or out of place. He didn't want his child to have to struggle with being different from all the other kids. And so he decided maybe it's a good idea to compromise my my covenant with God in order that my my children and my family can, can fit in. Or maybe it's because Moses was afraid. Maybe it's because he was afraid that the Midianites might persecute him for being Jewish. I mean, there are all kinds of reasons for him not to obey God, but there is never a good excuse. There are many reasons, but there is never a good excuse for disobeying God. And for just a minute, I I want to take just a little detour, because I'm sure that this is pressing on many people's minds, is what are we supposed to do with circumcision today? Is this still a binding covenant with God and his people for us? Especially if you are a new Christian here and you're a man today, you might be wondering, does this mean I have to go into the knife to get right with Jesus No, let's explain why. Uh, Because in Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 6, this is also in the Old Testament, this is still Old Covenant, let's read this out loud together. It says, the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants. I know I caught some of you asleep, let's try that again, okay, let me hear you this time. The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. And so what is the key issue with circumcision? It says from the very beginning, it was always a heart issue. It was about getting your heart right with God, submitting to God, being marked by God. And so there was a debate in the New Testament church because, remember, Jesus first came to the Jew and then the Gentile. And then, uh, so when, when most of these new Christians in the church are Jews, they figure, well, if you're going to be a Christ follower, to follow Jesus, you have to be Jewish like us. And so they were f- saying, you have to be circumcised in order to be a Christian, and God gives a, a vision to Peter and the rest of the disciples, and they have a council and they realize that God is leading them, that no, you do not have to be Jewish and become circumcised in order to be a follower of the Jewish Messiah, Jesus And yet in order to establish this covenant with the Hebrew people in the Old Testament, God made circumcision a requirement that ultimately it was to be a physical reminder of their spiritual relationship with God. It was a heart issue. And Moses tried to hide this secret, but he learned this day that there is no such thing as a private life. See, no matter how hard you try to keep your secret, the Bible says, watch out, someday it will be found out. I've had the opportunity over the years to travel through the Middle East at different times, and I've been to Israel and Jordan and Egypt, and, and, uh, and one of the places that's really, really special is not too far from the Saudi Arabian border. Uh, So I've I've seen Saudi Arabia, but they never let me in, Uh, but uh, it's called Petra, and I want to show you a picture here of uh, a scene that would look very, very famous, if we'll go ahead and put the picture on the screen, that uh, some of you have seen this before in a movie, right? Do you remember what the movie was? Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, and so So here in the third Indiana Jones movie, it's where they go through what's called the Seek. It's this narrow canyon with high, high walls and this red sandstone that's so beautiful. And you go walking through. And as you come through, all of a sudden, this narrow little path in the cavern opens up and boom, there you have this first building that you see called the Treasury. And there are many of these buildings down through the valley and through the cliffs and and, and they are not actually built, they are carved out of solid rock. They are carved out of the sandstone. So you can see here this flat wall and then here. And so they didn't build it in between these two rocks, they literally carved it out of the rock. It's amazing, one of the wonders of the world. Uh, in, in my mind, in many people's mind, it's, it's right up there with, uh, with the, the pyramids and just absolutely amazing. And so I could not wait to get to this beautiful place. It's been abandoned since the time of the Roman Empire. But as I went, I I was so looking forward to seeing inside of this building. I thought, if it is so beautiful and intricately carved on the outside, I can't imagine how beautiful it must be on the inside. And so my heart is beating as I'm standing uh, back here right behind where the camel is standing that uh, in this spot right here on the stairs waiting to go in, I'm so excited. And, And so I walk from the light of day into the darkness of this room and I look around and went, huh, is this all there is? I mean, it's just a room, much, 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 much smaller than this room. Just a, just a little box, a room, a, a plain, empty, dark room. And here's why because it was actually a tomb. They built these amazing, intricate tombs, but you go inside, and while it is beautiful and ornate, on the outside, on the inside, it's dark and filled with dead bones. And doesn't that sound like how many people live their lives? How often on the outside we put on a show? On the outside everything is beautiful and and, oh, look at all my pictures on social media. You have such a beautiful life. Everything looks good on the outside. But on the inside, it's dark. Nothing but dry bones. And with Moses, maybe he thought he could hide this secret from everybody else. But God knew that that what he preached in public is not what he practiced in private. He thought nobody would find out, but God knew. And so Moses had to get things right with God. Moses needed to be forgiven. And in order for that to happen, something radical happened needed to be done. Blood must be shed. Now, let let me ask you a question. The question is, where else was the shedding of blood a means of forgiveness and a new beginning? There are a number of times in Scripture, and yes, they are all tied together. So, So let me ask you the question again, and think about this. Where else was the shedding of blood a means of forgiveness and a new beginning. Listen, this is so good. Let's follow this together. Zipporah takes radical action to save her husband. Let's look at verse 25 again. It says, "'Zipporah took a flint knife "'and cut off her son's foreskin "'and touched Moses' feet with it. "'Surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me,' she said." Now, I want you to look at this word in particular, the word touched. Do you see the word touched? Now, you understand that the the, the Old Testament was not written in English. It was written in Hebrew. And in the Hebrew language, in this verse, the word right here for touched is naga. They don't use letters like we do, but if you were to spell this out, let's put it on the screen. If you were to spell this out, this word for touched, naga, do we have it on the next slide? There we go touched naga everybody say naga okay so she touched that was good do that again no somebody went naga i liked that i'm not sure that's good hebrew pronunciation but it was good and so so she touched naga moses with the blood now This is really cool. Where else does this take place? What's the next time that this same Hebrew word shows up in this very same story? Let's go a couple of chapters later to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. In verse 5, we're about to see something here. What has happened? Let me give you the context before we read this verse. So Moses After he is saved in this story, he he then continues the journey to Egypt. And in Egypt, he confronts the Pharaoh and he says, Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, No, 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 I will not let your people go. Let him go. I will not let him go. Let him no, that's that's wrong story, wrong song. And so So God, because of Pharaoh's obstinance, God sends an angel of death. And all across the land, remember, the Pharaoh had killed all the firstborn sons of the Hebrew slaves. We saw that last week. Now, the angel is about to kill all the firstborn sons of the Egyptians. And in order to be saved... God provided a way of salvation, one way. Not not many ways, one way. And here was the way. A lamb was involved. Exodus 12, verse 5 says, The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Without defect, perfect, the best that you have, without blemish. And here's what they are supposed to do with the lamb. It goes on to say, you need to sacrifice the lamb to God, then take the blood and put it in a bowl. And in Exodus 12, it says, now take a bunch of hyssop. This is a, 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 like a branch. It, it, it's this beautiful, it has flowers on it and leaves. And so you're to take this branch, this stalk with, with leaves on it. And dip it into the blood in the basin and put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of the door frame. Okay? And if you do that, it says the angel of death will pass over your house and you will be saved. And that is why it is called Passover. That's why Jews continue to celebrate Passover to this day. And so when they applied the blood to the door frame, guess what the Hebrew word here is for how they are to apply it. To put some naga of the blood. Now that word, I didn't tell you before, I don't think, that word is more than just a gentle touch. It means to strike it with some force. To, to put some, to naga the blood. The exact same word as when Zipporah applied the blood to her husband. And so so listen to this. Moses had sinned. Here he is, he is worthy of shame. He is worthy of punishment. But Moses is touched by the blood and he is forgiven and set free. And now the same Hebrew word shows up again where in Egypt the angel of death is coming and a perfect lamb must be sacrificed. And if they will take the blood and touch it to the door frame of their house, they will be saved and set free. And it all points towards Jesus. Jesus, you, you wonder how. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa, whoa. You, I, we're gonna get there. I promise. You, you wonder what, what does this have to do with Jesus? And some of you know what it has to do with Jesus. See, where does it say to apply the blood on the door frame? Where on the top, and where on both sides? Where? Let me let me see. On the top, and on both sides. I I think you've seen this shape before. So apply it. Naga, the blood. So the blood is on the top of the doorpost, dripping down and on both sides. What is this picture? It's the cross of Jesus Christ bringing salvation that you might live 1,300 years before Jesus is even born. And even in this, 1,300 years before Jesus, we see that it is pointing towards the cross of Jesus Christ. Isn't that good news? Oh, my goodness. Look look in the New Testament. Let's go into the New Covenant. Hebrews 9, verse 11 says, but when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. So that is to say is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once and for all by his own blood. Thus obtaining Eternal redemption, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonial unclean, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean but how much more then will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished unblemished perfect to god cleansing our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living god for this reason christ is the mediator of a what of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that He has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. Friends, the entire purpose of the old covenant was to point us towards Jesus in the new covenant, Jesus, the Lamb of God. Listen, in John chapter 1, in John 1 verse 29... John is standing there and he sees Jesus coming and he says to the crowd, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The first covenant was with Abraham, marked by blood through circumcision. Moses broke that covenant, but he was restored. How? He was touched by the blood. The Jewish people were saved at Passover. How? They were touched by the blood of the lamb that set them free. And Jesus died as our sacrifice, the perfect lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. Don't you see, from beginning to end, first and last, it is and always has been about the cross of Jesus Christ. And so you wonder today, what about me? Listen, no matter what you have done, No matter how you have messed up, no matter how far you have fallen, His blood is sufficient for you. Like Moses, maybe you have been hiding some area of sin in your life. Maybe you've never surrendered and received His forgiveness. Maybe you are following His call just like Moses, but maybe there is an issue of disobedience that you need to get right with God today. His blood is sufficient for you to wash us clean that we can enter His presence. Will you stand with me? And I just want to ask, would you close your eyes? And maybe there are some of you here today who would say, Joel, will you pray for me today? I've got some areas that God is speaking to me about. I've got some messy work that needs to be done. God has revealed something that I, that I need to change. And if that is you, and if God is speaking to you, I want you to raise your hand. Just raise your hand if you say, Joel, will you pray for me today? And I will. And you can pray for you. As an act of obedience, you're saying, yes, God, I'm going to make it right. I'm going to give it to you today. And so heavenly father, We who have fallen short of the glory of God, we who have sinned and done wrong, we stand here before you and confess. We know the punishment for our sin is death, that is what we deserve. But we are forgiven by the blood of the Lamb. Our Passover lamb the perfect lamb of God who died for our sins and today we receive your forgiveness we receive your grace wash us clean give us strength to follow you each and every day give us courage when we are afraid give us strength when we are weak give us hope when we are discouraged empower us to live for you, not by our strength, not by our word, not by our power, but by the power of the cross, for the cross has the final word. In Jesus' name, let's sing it together.